brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Here it is, the very first episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. My name is Mark Jalof. I will be your host. And on this show, I want to talk about things I'm into, hopefully that you're into, and we have some banter going back and forth. And the subjects are infinite, hence the name, Infinite Banter. Plans on talking about things that are a vast variety of things, sports, movies, music, TV shows, comic books, comic book conventions. I attend a ton of those. I'm here in the Chicagoland area, born here, raised here, still live in the area. So a lot of things that happen here will be some of the focus, but I'm into a lot of things that obviously people who are not from this area or live in this area will also be into as well. So get that out of the way. So like I said, just check in. Got a Twitter handle I just started, at Infinite Banter. Check that out. Any questions, anything like that, comments, put them on there. I'll set up a Facebook and Instagram as well, and I'll keep you guys in tune to where that is and how to go about finding that. You can also find me on Twitter at DJ Soundwave 75 That is also my Instagram handle. So without further ado, let's move on past all the intros, got that out of here, and let's talk about something that I am a little upset about, but I knew it was coming, and I shouldn't be too surprised, and that's Punisher is canceled on Netflix. I'm a big comic book fan been reading punisher since the mid 80s when i was a kid i grabbed a a punisher comic and as a little kid generally you buy comic books because of the cover you know you don't really know what's on the inside and i'm over 40 now so i think maybe like 85 86 i don't know i don't know what year it was i saw a punisher book had no idea who punisher was but he looked cool looked badass and i grabbed the copy been a fan ever since and the movies that they've done with Punisher have been pretty bad. The The third one was decent. The Dominic West from The Wire who played Jigsaw was really good. And I'm forgetting the guy's name who played Punisher in the third movie. But that was probably the better of the three, Warzone. 
The first one was garbage with Dolph Lundgren. Didn't even have the skull on his shirt or anything. The second one with Thomas Jane had its moments. It was decent. There's a couple little throwbacks to remind you of things that happened in a comic book. But the third one at least had the violence factor that you wanted. And it felt like a real Punisher film. But it still was lacking. It just didn't quite grab you as a fan. The TV show on Netflix with John Bernthal, who you might know as Shane from Walking Dead. He was in Wolf of Wall Street, done a ton of things. He's perfect for it. He shows up in the second season of Daredevil on Netflix, and you're like, yes, this is finally the Frank Castle, the Punisher we wanted, finally are getting. Fast forward to Punisher season one, really good. Great job with that script. Great job with the, the outcome of how that season turned out. It wasn't necessarily connected to all the other shows. A lot of the other ones like Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, they all kind of interweave with each other and the characters, especially the one Rosario Dawson plays. They always tend to jump into different roles on each show and they kind of intertwine that way. But with Punisher, it felt like it's its own show was not necessarily connected to any of this stuff. And that's what I kind of liked about it. It was its own thing. Kind of similar to how Black Lightning is on CW, and I want to talk about that in a minute. But um, Daredevil Season 3 came out great, canceled. Iron Fist Season 2 was better than Season 1. A lot of people hated on Season 1. I thought it was decent, but a lot of people hated it. That got canceled. Luke Cage Season 2, same thing. A lot of people weren't feeling Season 1. Season 2, people really liked a lot better. Because Season 1, the main thing with Luke Cage Season 1 that I had a problem with, they killed off the main... Spoiler, I guess, here, but they killed off the main villain halfway through the season, played by Mahershala Ali, who we all know has done bigger and better things since then. And it just felt like the show kind of just fell off after that, and it really never picked up. It seemed kind of cartoonish. Second season of Luke Cage was really grimy, great music in it. There's a Rock Him uh, song at the very end. Uh, Karis One has a cameo in it. Really good stuff. I think Ghostface is in it, too. Tons of great, if you're a hip-hop fan like I am, you appreciate the music aspect of it. But back to Punisher. Season 2 dropped about, what, a month ago. It was really good, and I was kind of waiting. I'm like, ah, are they going to cancel this one too? It seems like they're doing it with all these Netflix shows, because I'm guessing Disney is going to have some streaming service. They're probably going to, I don't know if they're going to necessarily take these shows and put them there, but maybe they'll do something with the characters, and I hope that these actors get to still play these roles, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how Punisher could even be affiliated with anything Disney, but we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But season two is really good. Tons of violence, lots of action. A couple episodes, you know, just like all these Netflix shows, it feels like 13 episodes is a bit of a grind. They could probably cut it to like 10 or 11 and be really concise and good. But Punisher was really good, really excited about it. And I just kept thinking, like, when's the shoe going to drop? Are they going to cancel it? It seemed like it took longer for them to announce that they're canceling this show as opposed to the other three. And also Jessica Jones, by the way, also getting the axe. Although her season three is about to come out. I have not seen any of her, uh, the Jessica Jones TV uh, series. I haven't watched any of it. I saw Defender. She's in that. Pretty cool. But as a comic book fan, I never read her stuff. I never got into it. So I didn't really feel a need to watch the Jessica Jones series. And I'm probably wrong. A lot of people are probably like, oh, you need to watch it. People told me I need to check it out. But I just have not, I just haven't given it the time. I don't know. I just, doesn't, something about it doesn't seem to grab me, but I might be missing out. I'm sure it's pretty decent. Uh, the girl who plays Jessica Jones, I remember from Breaking Bad. A couple, she's not in that show very long. I don't want to spoil anything if you've ever seen Breaking Bad, but you know who she is. 
And I think it's Kristen Ritter, and she was pretty good on Breaking Bad. So I, I guess I should be interested, but it's not the same thing as, uh, you know, Runner's reading the comics. And basically, I just know Jessica Jones as Luke Cage's wife. I didn't really think of her as anything else from the little bit I read in the comic books of her, but that's cool. Um, but she's also canceled. So everything, anything Netflix had that was Marvel is gone, done, over. Don't know what the future is for any of these shows or any of the actors that play these roles. I'm a huge Daredevil fan, and as you can tell, I like Punisher a lot too, and I really felt they got these two right. I mean, that Daredevil movie was so bad from, what, 2005, whatever year that was, when Aflag was playing him, it was terrible. And you know, as a fan of Daredevil, I really wanted to see him get his just due, and I feel like this show finally got it right. Same thing with Punisher, and it just stinks because you finally get excited about these characters. They're finally getting it right, and now they're done. And we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we see another version of these shows on the Disney streaming service. And we don't lose out on having Punisher and Daredevil, or Iron Fist and Luke Cage, for that matter. As well as Jessica Jones, because there's a lot of fans out there for And, you know, they don't get rid of that show as well. But we'll see what happens. I mean, none of them have been in any of the movies. I doubt there's any plans for them to be in movies. I haven't seen anything online about them being in If anybody knows that they are... You know, let me know, but I'm not aware of anything film-wise for any of these characters, and they're not even mentioned in the Avengers Infinity War, and I don't think there's any mention of them in Endgame either, so we'll see what happens with that, but uh, if you haven't seen Punisher, I definitely recommend check it out. Both seasons are really good, but uh, they're not going to make any more, and it kind of seems like Burnthal and a lot of the people who worked on that show were kind of expecting this to happen, and we kind of all did because they've been canceling all of them, so why would they stop here? Now we'll move on from the Netflix, the Marvel stuff, and segue into another movie franchise that I'm really a big fan of, and that's Star Wars. It's my all-time favorite movie. Well, the original trilogy, not the crap from the prequels. I really liked what they did with Force Awakens. I really liked Rogue One. Last Jedi, there's a lot of people have mixed emotions on that. I'm kind of in between on it, but uh, and Solo, of course, got crapped on i thought it was decent but a lot of people crapped on it but the reason why i'm bringing up star wars is that there is a new one coming out this year as we all know post-production's finished and it looks like kylo ren is going to be a lot darker than before which is really really cool because it seems like they kind of made him a little whiny and i was a little worried that it was going to be kind of the anakin syndrome where it wasn't going to be the really badass version of kylo ren that we all want the knights of ren and from what i'm reading online it looks like they're gonna bring some of that aspect of his character in there and i feel like they dropped the ball in the last movie because force awakens set up so many things who's raised parents who's a snoke guy and they didn't really talk about any of that as a matter of fact they made it seem like those things are not even relevant and they completely whitewashed any interest in where these characters come from and what their importance is or any origins and the Knights of Ren stuff, they've always hinted at it in the two movies, but they didn't really flesh it out and let us know what exactly is this story. What is the connection to Kylo Ren? Is it is it a group that he started? Is it a, did they, you know, what are they? What's the deal with them? And it, I can make my own conclusions, but I'd rather see it on film and have it explored a little more in the story and in the time frame of what's going on in the next movie. So it seems like the next one's going to be a little different than the last one. I think Abrams took over because he saw that it was kind of the franchise was veering off a little bit. And since Solo didn't do so well, I think Disney's a little nervous that these Star Wars movies are not exactly where they're supposed to be right now. 
people are getting a little sour on the franchise. So I think Abrams, we'll see what he can do. I mean, this guy, he he brought Force Awakens in. He, he resurrected the franchise, which was good. But I hope he's not trying to do – the thing with Force Awakens, a lot of people felt like it was just kind of a rehashing of Star Wars, A New Hope, which I get. You know, there there is some aspects of it in there. And I hope that that's not what he's doing with this last movie here, this final movie in the trilogy. It is pretty cool. It looks like they're bringing back Lando. Not sure how they're going to handle the Leia thing. She's either, I, I don't know if they're going to kill her off, you know, in the first couple minutes of the movie or just not even mention her. I, I, they did say that there's gonna, they're going to use some old film of her from Force Awakens or something, and they're going to try to make it work to give her some scenes. But I don't know how that's going to all fit into the story-wise. But it's pretty exciting that they're doing another Star Wars movie, and I'm glad the franchise is back. As much as, you know, it seems like it's watered down a little bit with all these shows coming out and the movies and toys and Star Wars toilet paper, whatever. Everything is Star Wars, and it does seem like it's getting overdone. And I have a couple friends who don't really care for Star Wars. Like, oh, it's all these, every there's a movie every every year. I'm like, yeah, there is. That's what it's going to be. I mean, the the franchise was dormant. Lucas wasn't doing anything with it. And when, even when he was with the prequels and the uh, the re-releases of the original trilogy and all the stupid special editions, which, by the way, I never bought any of the special editions. Like an idiot, I went to the theater and watched them all when they were released. I want to say it was like 97, 1997. They released like one a month. It was like January, February, March, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and the special editions were out. And I, I gave them my money. I went, of course because I was excited about the extra scenes and all the new stuff that was being added to them. But I I never liked them after watching them. It was just because I wanted to see them in the theater as an older, you know, as an adult, not as a kid. It's just a different feeling, you know, how how do they hold up on seeing them on the big screen? So those kind of got us all excited for the prequels which were dog shit. If you like Darth Maul, those scenes are pretty cool in the first one. The second one's a complete waste of time. And then the third one, there's some cool fight scenes in it and everything. You do see, you know, Darth Vader and all that. But for the most part, those movies are completely garbage. Nobody needs to watch any of them. Whenever somebody I know has never seen them, there's been a couple people that I actually, I can't believe there's people I actually know that have never seen any Star Wars movies. And the first time I was, you know, they'll talk to me about it, I'll say, well, don't watch those. Just start with The New Hope. Power through the other ones after that. If you're still interested and you really like it, you can go backwards and watch those other ones, but never. If you try to start somebody on Phantom Menace, they're never going to watch any of the rest of them. That movie is just impossible to watch. It's a complete waste of time. So, moving on from that, the point of all this is that the, the franchise was dormant. Lucas wasn't doing anything with it. Abrams came along, Disney came along, revitalized the fan base, made a movie that people got excited about. And now people are kind of like, uh, they're kind of not sure where to feel about it because The Last Jedi really didn't do what I think they thought it would do. I think a lot of people were really sour on what happened. They weren't happy about what went on with it. And unless you guys haven't seen it, so this would be a lot of spoiler stuff to you know how the whole Luke thing went down. I actually thought that some of the Luke stuff was pretty funny. I mean, the blue milk from <laughs> that whole scene with the, the creature and he's drinking the blue milk. I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. But, uh, or is it green? What color was that? 
some kind of liquid from the breast of some crazy monster thing sitting on the beach side. I don't know, whatever. I thought it was funny. A lot of people thought it was weird and didn't fit. That being said, I mean, there's some cool stuff in that movie, but a lot of people didn't like how the whole thing came about with Luke being this hermit and not the Jedi that we all expected him to be. And then, of course, they killed him off. Presumably, I'm assuming he'll. I think he's in the next movie. I don't know if he's going to be a force ghost or if he's just there in flashback scenes. I'm not really sure how they're doing it, but he is supposed to be in it. And I hope they don't bring back Lando just to off him as soon as he gets, you know, shows up. Oh, how's it going? And then that's it. He's done. So we'll see how they handle all that. I just, my only complaint about these movies is that they're bringing back all my characters as a kid that I watched, and they're kind of just getting rid of it all. It's almost like that scene when Luke throws the lightsaber behind him. It's almost like he's saying, like, hey, guys, remember you grew up with this stuff? Well, we're done with it. <laughs> this is now the next generation of Star Wars, and you guys are going to have to move on. This is what it is now. So that's fine. That's, if that's what they're doing, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll keep watching it because I'm a sucker for this stuff, and I keep watching it until it probably gets so bad like the prequels that I just decide I'm not going to watch anymore. you got to prove something to me. So let's see what this next one is. Hopefully it brings the trilogy to a nice conclusion. See what happens with the characters if they decide to off them into, uh, when I say off, I don't mean off, like kill them. I mean, well, maybe they will kill them. I don't know. The three main ones, Ray, Finn, Poe Dameron, like what do they do with them? Kylo Ren, I guess four. What do they do with these characters? Do they give them their own series beyond this? Or do they move on to the next trilogy? Who knows? But I just wanted to bring that up that it's in post-production. It's, all the filming is wrapped. So I'm kind of excited about it. It's supposed to come out late this December. I don't see a date online. I've seen a couple of dates, but they're, you know, there's I saw one for the 20th and one for a different date. So I don't know the exact date, but what I'm seeing online is that it's coming out this December. So I'm pretty hyped for it. But I have my expectations are a little tempered because of what happened with the last Jedi and I didn't hate Solo. I just didn't like it like I thought I would, but I didn't hate on it. A lot of people really were shitting on that movie, and I get it. It didn't really leave leave you wanting more of Han. It didn't feel like a Han Solo. It felt like everything, everybody else was better in the movie than him, I guess. But uh, I, I thought it was okay. And there was a great reveal with Darth Maul and it. Spoiler. I'm not, you know what, here, here's the thing. I'm going to put it out here right now in this podcast. If you don't, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you spoilers before I talk about stuff. If I'm already talking about something, be forewarned that I'm probably going to talk about it because I've seen it. So if you don't want to know about any of this stuff, fast forward or whatever. The spoiler thing kind of annoys me in this regard. I remember when I saw Solo. It was maybe two days after it came out. And I posted on Facebook, I think, that I'm really glad that I had saw the Clone Wars animated series because there's a nice payoff in the movie. And then, of course, I get somebody commenting back, oh, you should have put spoiler. And I wrote back, like, how could that spoil anything? Did you even watch Clone Wars? Like, if you, and the person did not. It's like, so how did that spoil anything? You know, that was show was on for like five years. I could have been talking about anything. Who who knows? There's no way that, I mean, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm telling you that if you saw Clone Wars, then there's something in it that you would see in this movie. But that, that's not a spoiler. That's just a hint that if you watch that cartoon, that it pays off for you as a fan because they bring something into the movie, which was Darth Maul being alive still. 
And I, so I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, look, man, if I'm talking about Star Wars at the beginning and I'm talking about a movie that just came out, be forewarned, I'm going to be talking about it because I saw it and I'm not going to do the whole spoiler thing. There it is. All right. So talking about movies, tonight's Oscars. And uh, like most people, I see movies, but I don't necessarily watch the ones that get Oscar nominated. So I don't have a lot of feeling about who should win. I will say this. I've seen Black Panther. I've seen Black Klansman. They're both very good. I doubt they will win Best Picture. But it would be really cool if Spike Lee won Best Director. The guy's resume is vast. So many movies that he's done. I can't believe he's never won a Best Director before. I mean, he should have won for Malcolm X or Do the Right Thing, 25th Hour. He's done so many great movies, Inside Man, you name it. I, I, there's like five or six movies that I think that he's done that are better than Black Klansman. But that being said, it's kind of like the Scorsese thing some years back. When he won for The Departed, The Departed wasn't his best movie, but he had never won Best Director at that point, And it kind of felt like this is the time to give it to him. And The Departed was really good. It's not like it was some crappy movie that he made. If you think of Scorsese's best work, Departed's probably not even in your top five. Same goes for Spike Lee. I can name five Spike Lee movies, which I just did, that I think are better. Did I say five? It was at least three or four. Whatever. <laughs> Those movies are better than Black Klansman. That being said, though, I like Black Klansman. I think it's really good. Really feels like something that works now because even though it's something that happened in the 70s, there's a lot of that stuff still going on now. So I could see that movie. Uh, I don't think it get Best Picture, but I like to see... Spike Lee win Best Director. And like I said, I don't know who the Best Director was this year from everybody that's nominated. I'm just saying that I'd like to see him get it. And that's why I watch the Oscars. I don't necessarily watch it because I have a rooting interest in of these five movies or these five actors. This is the one that was better than that one. I don't know because I haven't seen all of them. The reason why I'm bringing it up is that I think a lot of us watch it because we want to see somebody we like get that award. And I know that's kind of a it's almost like a popularity contest, but that's what this is. It's just a bunch of people talking about what they like better. So I'd like to see Spike Lee get a uh, best director. I think it'd be cool. He kind of deserves it just from his career. And even though this isn't his best work, the movie's still pretty damn good. And it's definitely worthy of getting a best director nod. So I'd like to see him get that. And, uh, you know, like everybody else will be watching to see what people are wearing and, you know, what kind of speech somebody's going to give, who says what craziness. And there's no hosts, which is bizarre. So I'm definitely going to check it out because it's the Oscars. I mean, what, why not? I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't have a rooting interest in anything other than Spike Lee winning. But it'd be cool to see, you know, what, what happens. And usually what happens, I watch the Oscars, and there's like three or four movies that get nominated. Like, I haven't seen Vice yet, so I'll probably want to go check that out. So when I see movies that are nominated, I'm like, ah, you know, I didn't get around to seeing that. It just reminds me I need to watch some of these movies that are nominated for best actor best screenplay best direction best picture of course and i just i do hope black panther uh being a big marvel fan and fan of black panther seen it three times i do hope that they win something i don't think they're gonna win best picture but it'd be pretty cool if they got like costume design or special effects something something to that regard like to see that movie get some kind of recognition because it's a movie that did well and a lot of people saw it and I know there's some people who aren't, I don't know, I, I think I've seen a little bit of, you know, people who are, what do you call the, I, I don't know if haters is the right word, but everybody liked it. So there's like that little group of people who are like, oh, we didn't think it was as good as everybody made it sounds like it was. And there's always that group of people who always have to shit on something because they're just, 
they 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 have to be the the anti. They have to be the opposites. But good luck to uh, Black Panther. It'd be cool if they win something tonight. And uh, yeah, I'd be rooting for Spike Lee for sure. Uh, definitely hope that he gets uh, that best director because it's well overdue, long overdue. He should have won it by now. But uh, speaking of movies, uh, I did see. I, I I don't watch a lot of movies. Like I said, they get Oscar nominated, but I watch a lot of Marvel, DC, Star Wars, all that's you know whatever. And I saw, I have an eight-year-old nephew who always bugs me to take him to see these movies. And the Lego movie I saw last week, it's called a Lego movie. What did, I had it written down here somewhere. What, Lego 2 or something. I, I don't know. I never saw the first one. So I was kind of saying, I'm like, is it okay that I watch this movie? I don't, I won't know what's going on. I didn't see the first one. He He's like, whatever. And I, I'm watching it and. I'll be honest, it didn't do much for me. There's a couple little jokes here and there, and there's a Batman Lego character, and it's kind of cool, but whatever. It's, you know, it's 90 minutes. You could do a lot worse. But it's like, I always have this thing where I don't like watching a sequel if I hadn't seen the movie before it. I don't think the Lego movie really applies here, but just for jokes, I was thinking like, you know, I, you know, I would never tell somebody to go watch Return of the Jedi if they hadn't seen Empire Strikes Back or Star Wars or... Like recently I saw Creed 2 and a friend of mine was going to go see it. I'm like, well, you haven't seen Creed 1. How could you watch Creed 2? And then you haven't even seen any of the Rocky movies. Are you going to have any idea what's going on? Like, I don't know if this is really something you should just go watch blindly. So I, it's, t- it's like you wouldn't go watch uh, Poison Ivy 3, the new seduction, without watching 1 and 2. The Poison Ivy trilogy is, other than the Star Wars trilogy, it's one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Forget Lord of the Rings, right? I mean... So you can't watch Poison Ivy, The New Seduction, if you haven't watched the first one with Drew Barrymore or the, what's the one with uh, Alyssa Milano? Uh, what's the second one called? I, I'd have to look it up, but <laughs> you can't watch the Jamie Presley one if you haven't seen the other two. You're not going to know what's going on. It's it's uh, if, if you, you need your soft core in order, you can't watch it out of order. Like I remember one time, okay, I guess I'm going to talk about porn for a second here. There's this guy I know, and it's not me, and I'm not saying that because it's about me, and I'm just pretending it's somebody else. There actually is a dude I know that used to buy a ton of it, and he was trying to not have it around him anymore. And he used to keep it in his house. Long story short, he wanted to not have it in his house anymore, but he didn't want to get rid of it. So he asked me if I could hold on to one of his DVDs, and his DVD was called Latin Cream Pie 3. And I remember I made the joke to him. I was like, look, man, I could hang on to it for you, but... I can't watch it because I haven't seen one and two. I don't understand, like, why is there pie? You know, I had too many questions. I'm like, if you're going to let me hold on to this part three, this Latin cream pie volume three, I think it was called volume three. I don't remember. I need to watch volume one and two. You can't expect me to know what's going on in this one if I haven't seen the other ones. What's the storyline? Who are the characters? Um, what is the pie for? Were they making a pie? I'm being silly now, of course, because I know what that means. But uh, the whole point of this is is that I don't like watching a sequel before watching the original first so I can watch it in line. The only time I ever did that was American Horror Story. I started watching it in season three, mainly because there was somebody else seeing it at the time and she was a big fan, and I just wanted to jump on and watch it as she was, so we could talk about it. But the cool thing about that show is, if you've ever seen it, like every season is its own thing. So you can jump in late, and it's 
it does help if you've seen the seasons before, but it's not really crucial to watch the season. Every season is its own one shot in a sense, even though they use the same actors, but they play different characters. So that's probably the exception. Definitely not the rule. But Latin Cream Pie 3, if anybody's out there seen it, I'd like to know what happens in 1 and 2. I, I can guess. I'm pretty sure I have an idea. But, you know, you, you don't want to watch Latin Cream Pie 3 without watching 1 and 2. And why the hell am I talking about Latin Cream Pie? I think the point I was trying to make here is that I saw Lego Movie 2. Somehow I connected Lego with porn. I don't. That's got to be a first. Watching Lego Part 2, i not seen one. I still have not seen one. I don't know if I'll ever watch one. But at least I feel like... Uh, if there's a part three, I've seen Lego 2, so I should have some idea what's going on with that one. So there's there's my uh, tirade on trilogies and watching sequels before the one before it. Um, speaking of TV shows, I'm talking about American Horror Story. I have not seen the current season of American Horror Story. I don't know if I'm missing out. I'll have to get some feedback on that. But uh, I wanted to talk about, kind of circle back to the, when I was talking about Punisher before and I brought up Black Lightning. And the CW is circle back to that Netflix uh, discussion. The CW shows to me are really lagging, and that's the other downside to the Netflix shows going by the wayside is that Flash and Arrow have really become hard to watch. Arrow's a little bit better this year with the whole prison uh, storyline. Now that he's out of prison, I'm, I'm just can't I can't get into it. It's too much. There's like this future stuff they're doing and then the past and then the, in the current time and it's really hard to focus on what's happening and Flash is just a, a it's like Scooby-Doo. There's like, there's like 10 characters. Flash is hardly in it and when he is in it, it's just a bunch of, you know, people drinking coffee and they all look like they're 12 years old. I, I did like the first couple seasons of Flash, but it's really gotten hard to watch. Point I'm bringing up here is that Black Lightning is its own show. It's not connected to any of these other shows. And just to give myself a Barry Horowitz pat on the back, for those that don't know, that's a wrestler. Whenever he did a move in the ring, he pat himself on the back. He lost almost every match he ever had. Last April, there's a convention here called FanFest, and I got to moderate a Q&A panel with fans and on that panel, it was the Black Lightning panel. On that panel was uh, Chris Williams, James Remar, and Crondon, Marvin Jones III. They were all on the panel and uh, talking about Black Lightning and how the show was really good and how what's what it's done for the CW universe. But the main thing I took out of it and brought up to them and was that it's its own show. It's not even connected to the CW stuff yet. I mean, I guess it's possible it still might have, you know, Jefferson Pierce show up in Star City or Green Arrow might come to Freeland, but it's its own show, and that's what I like about it. it it's it's kind of like what Punisher was for Netflix. It it was its own thing. There's there's little hints of maybe there's another world out there with these other characters, but they don't really focus on it. It doesn't really have anything to do with the storylines. So it's kind of like a one shot show. If you, one shot's kind of like a, it's a comic book reference. For those who don't know, when you buy a comic book, you one book, one story, you're done. Instead of getting a story arc where you have to buy like 10 comics and it gets even crazier when it's convoluted where you have to buy this title and then that title to get the one story. It's just a way to get you to buy seven comic books to get one cohesive story, which uh, I fell for quite a few times. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I didn't. But uh, as I got older, I kind of stopped doing that because I don't want to read Shazam 
or Plastic Man. You're going to make me read that to find out what happened to Superman? You know, I'm good. Yeah, we're done. I'm not doing that. So get the trade, I guess. But I'm getting off point here. So, yeah, Black Lightning, what I like about it is it's, it's a grimy show, and it's its own thing, and it doesn't have, like, the Scooby-Doo feel like Flash or uh, Supergirl, which was just oh, that show. I, I watched the first season because I was kind of told, I yeah, give it a chance, give it a chance. And I watched it, and it had its moments. And, you know, I like Martian Manhunter and stuff, but I could not keep watching that show. And it gets to a point now where there's just too much to watch. I can't watch everything. I try to, but I can't. Um, uh, shout out to Cloak and Dagger, by the way. That's coming back for season two, and that's on Freeform. And I thought season one was really good, and I didn't hear a lot of people talking about that show. But that show and Black Lightning, as far as the stuff that's on television, really good, really good shows. I tried to watch, uh, is it called Krypton on Sci-Fi? I could not get past the, the British accent thing. The whole show, I'm like, what is going on? Why is everybody speaking in a British accent? Is Krypton like London? Like, I could not understand it. And it's not even Superman, and I wasn't even Jarrell. I just, like, I can't watch this. This is terrible. At least for me, it was. I'm sure people liked it, but I haven't heard anybody talking good about it, so I can't imagine it got a lot of uh, praise. But uh, anybody out there who hasn't seen Black Light, and I definitely recommend you check it out. And what I was bringing up with that panel was, is like, they like that this show is kind of its own thing. It's not forced to fit this like cookie cutter mold which arrow supergirl flash even legends of tomorrow to some extent it's like the same thing it's the, the same formula you have your one superhero you have like the computer geek who knows how to find things on the internet or look at the cameras on the streets and tell you where everything is and then you have the scientist person and then you have the tough guy or and then you have the tough girl and then it's, it's like it's like the same show it's just a different superhero with the same cast of characters, and they're very homogenized, and I watered down, and I'm really, with, with the problem, I'm, I guess the whole point of all of this is that I really wish that the Netflix shows would find a new home, because those shows are made for the adult comic book fan, and the CW, it kind of feels like Dawson's Creek with powers, which is what I always called Smallville. I never watched Smallville, never got into it, because I felt like I was watching Dawson's Creek, so I didn't give it much of a chance. And the Arrow show, mostly, but then Flash and you know some of the other ones a little bit, felt like they were trying to do trying to do that, trying to be a little more for the the grown up fan. And then they kind of went back to this this cookie cutter crap that they're doing now, where it's, I, every show is like the same. I can't get past it. I think Flash jumped the shark for me when they did like a Glee episode. It might have been two seasons ago. A Supergirl was going to be on. I was like, oh, this might be pretty good. And it's this whole, like, musical song and dancing. I turned it off. I still watch Flash, but I watch it, like, when I have zero left to watch, and I'll turn it on, and I'll try and see what's going on. And it hurts me so much because Flash is my favorite DC character, and yeah, I had such high hopes for this show, and it started off really good. The first two seasons were good. The third season, it kind of waned on me a little bit. I think they're in season five now. This season and last season are really hard to watch and Errol's gotten that way too with the whole like you know giddy up gang team or whatever they've really got to do something with Errol get it back to being grimy because it, it kind of had like that Batman feel and even Iron Fist when it was on Netflix kind of felt like Errol the first couple seasons which I thought was cool you know like some rich guy thought he was dead he was on an island or something comes back 
you know, and now he's a vigilante. So there was some similarities with Iron Fist and Arrow, and the good the good ones. You know, the storytelling was decent, but uh, yeah, the CW, I they've really got to figure something out because I feel like they're losing me as a fan. But all that being said, Black Lightning is fantastic. The music is really good in it. Some really good acting performances, and I definitely want to tell everybody out there, go check out Black Lightning. I don't see a lot of people talking about it, and I feel like it deserves more more praise, more recognition. And Ajax from Warriors is on it. Or Gans. Gans. Gotta look for Gans. And Billy Bear. Gans is on that show. James Remar. Dexter's dad. You know, how? What? I don't know what more I have to do to sell this show to you, but it's really good. Check out Black Lightning. And uh, hopefully they do another panel this year if they're at the FanFest uh, Walker Stalker Con. And uh, hopefully uh, they let this this idiot moderate it again. If not, I'll be sitting out there and uh, listening to people talk about it. And speaking of the Walker Stalker Con, I am a huge Walking Dead fan. Just want to throw this out there. Uh, episode threes tonight. And uh, I tweeted about this and I put it on my Instagram last week. And again, this is going back to the spoiler stuff here. If you haven't watched Walking Dead, you you know, whatever, you shouldn't be listening anymore. So I'm going to talk about Walking Dead for about five minutes. When Alpha finally shows up at the end, you know, she's not wearing the uh, the Walker skin mask. And the first thing I thought of, because she looks so dirty, she's all kind of grimy looking. Looks like she's been maybe punched and her, one of her eyes looks kind of messed up. And all I could think of is like, this looks like Darth Vader without his mask on. It's unmasked Vader. And I, I remember I posted on Instagram and Twitter earlier in the week. I did like a side-by-side of the unmasked Vader with Alpha. And it, to me, it looks like the same person. It's pretty funny to me how I don't know if that was intentional. I, I'm sure it wasn't. But because I'm such a Star Wars geek, that's the first thing I thought of. And it didn't take me out of my element a little bit. But I was just like, man, she looks better with the mask on. Alpha's not attractive at all. I'm not saying that she should be, but, I mean, they couldn't make her look more unattractive. Mask on, mask off, doesn't matter. Not cute whatsoever. I will have to record the show tonight because I'm going to miss miss it because the Oscars are on. But uh, I'm looking forward to checking out the Whisper storyline and see what happens next. It's really getting good. I don't know. I was At the beginning of the year, I was really bummed out that Rick was leaving and Maggie's gone as well. And now Michonne's leaving next season, or she's going to be part. She's going to be on next season, but only in minimal, minimal capacity. So I don't know how this show's going to keep going forward when you keep losing your grade A talent, and all you have left is Carol and Daryl and Rosita. I mean, who knows? I mean, they're going to probably kill off some more of them before the season's up. So it's just pretty crazy that the show's still going. I'm still able to watch it. I still get hyped for it. It's really the only show I get really really excited about every week and the whispers are really good i mean it's a really cool storyline from the comic books and, and the what i do like about this season they brought back the horror and the grime part of it which made the first couple seasons so good and it's getting away from the whole soap opera thing although there's still the whole everybody's hooking up with everybody thing so there is that you know there's a little bit of that still so i think george romero who's the the granddaddy of the zombie genre which by the way zombies are my favorite horror monster whatever you want to call it horror character so well before walking dead phenomenon came about i was always a fan of the zombie genre but 
but George Romero, who started all this essentially, he always felt that The Walking Dead was too much like a soap opera. And I can see what he's saying. I, I you know, kind of was bummed when I heard him say that because I felt like they were taking what he, what he did with Night of the Living Dead and just kind of extending it. Like, well, what if, what if there was more of this? What if this was something that was going on continuously and people are always you know, kind of trying to find their way to defeat the dead? And this is what life would be like. And I thought they did a good job with that and it kind of bugged me that he wasn't on board as a fan because he almost feel like he wanted that like uh, that seal of approval. Like, oh, Romero's a fan. Like, ah, same thing with Daredevil on Netflix. I saw Frank Miller, who some of you don't might not know. Frank Miller is essentially, he is to Daredevil what George Romero is to the zombie genre. He created Elektra and did some of the great Daredevil work of our time. And a lot of, and a lot of season three was based off of uh, his big time uh, storyline the born again series with uh, daredevil and he didn't sign off on it either he wasn't really feeling uh, the netflix series so you know i'm kind of bummed when a couple of my heroes like romero and miller are not into the things that i like that are about the things that they're you know they helped create but uh, it's okay you know maybe frank miller is just a a grouchy guy these days and he's not into uh how they're treating the daredevil series and, uh, you know, he, he did good work with Sin City and uh, the, what was it, the spirit? That didn't really do so well. Kind of felt like Sin City light, like diet Sin City. But, uh, yeah, excited about Walking Dead. Can't wait to see tonight, see how this whole alpha thing goes down. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing uh, the rest of the season. It's only like uh, tonight's season, episode three from the half. So there's only like five or six episodes left. So we've got it. We're winding it down. So it should be pretty interesting to see what happens with Walking Dead. Just glad to see Walking Dead is still going despite all the uh, losses they've had with the cast members and changeover in the creative team and everything. It's still going strong, and uh, I don't think they've missed too much of a beat considering you lose your main star halfway through the season that they're currently in. All right, so moving on. Big wrestling fan. And this past Sunday was the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And uh, I am part of a wrestling group on Facebook where I host a... uh, a thread for a SmackDown Live. Another guy on there, shout out to Dan Valdez, does the Monday Night Raw thread. Really cool group. It kind of got me back into wrestling, and, and I'm really into it again. I mean, I wasn't watching it for like 15 years. I mean, I grew up in the 80s watching, you know, the Hogan era. You know, he wasn't my favorite. I mean, as a kid, I liked him, of course. Every You'd be lying if you said you didn't like Hulk Hogan if you were like 10 years old in the 80s. But as I got older, I started to really appreciate guys like Steamboat and Macho Man, Jake the Snake, Roddy Piper. Those are some of my favorites growing up. But uh, yeah, I got back into it in the, probably like in the mid-2000s when I started watching TNA and seeing guys like AJ Styles and uh, later on Gail Kim with the Knockouts Division, Velvet Sky, the beautiful people. So I kind of got back into wrestling via TNA and then uh, now WWE, I'm back into it full full force here and uh elimination chamber was a pretty decent pay-per-view i wasn't that hyped for it because i felt like uh other than the two elimination chamber matches everything in between was just just seemed like filler and uh, some of it was but uh the main things i i'm not gonna really talk about the pay-per-view i just want to talk about the the fallout from because it's a week ago already what's happening next and the one thing that i've talked about a bunch of times in the wrestling group i'm in is that why is asuka basically being 
tossed aside. She hasn't been doing anything. She finally showed up on TV this week, and uh, they did like a little interview promo with her talking about, you know, you haven't really been talked about, and you feel like you're getting overlooked because Becky and Charlotte over on Raw, they're going to battle Rousey. And then Mandy Rose comes out, and, you know, that's cool. Mandy Rose kind of needs something to do, and her and Asuka have a match. And, you know, I don't mind Mandy Rose looking good in the match, but the thing with wrestling that really kind of gets me is that they keep letting their champions get pinned. And even if it's a non-title match, I don't think the champion should ever lose a match until it's time for them to lose the title, short of a count-out or disqualification. I think those are easier ways to let your champion lose without looking weak. And Asuka lost to Mandy Rose, and I'm sure they're setting up something where at Fastlane it's going to be Mandy Rose versus Asuka, which, you know, I've always liked Mandy Rose. I liked her on Tough Enough. It was like four years ago that show was on. I thought she was the one that should have won it. She came in second. And uh, I, I like her. I think she's she she has everything you want. She, she's an entire package. The problem is I don't think she's ready to be on the level where she should be taking on Asuka for the title. I just feel like Asuka just completely... Shinsuke Nakamura is getting the same problem here. And I don't know if it's a coincidence that they're both Japanese wrestlers or not, but they have really been used poorly since they've been brought up from NXT. And this goes on for... There's a lot of wrestlers that have been used poorly. They just got rid of Ty Dillinger. He asked for a release, however you want to word it. He was another guy who was really hot at NXT. As soon as he got here, he was completely lost in the shuffle. And I don't think he's even had a match in like three months on TV. Gallows and Anderson, a couple other guys they got from Japan. Um, and they're veterans. They've been around forever, and they haven't done anything in the last year. I can I go on and on. You know, Rusev, so many of these guys that the fans are really behind and they're over, and they just don't get booked properly. And my main thing with Asuka is, is I feel like she is she's one of my favorites. I think she's one of the most talented female wrestlers I've ever seen. At the same time, they're not using her correctly, and I don't know who she's going to fight at WrestleMania. They haven't really set up any kind of storylines for her. They took the two best, well, the three best on SmackDown were Asuka, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch by far. They've taken two of those three, and they're essentially, they haven't moved them to Raw, but they're not really part of the SmackDown storylines anymore. So Asuka's kind of left with, like, all this cannon fodder like there's there who who is even worthy of matching up with our wrestlemania they don't have anybody and i don't know what they're gonna do and i just can't believe you got to a point where you have a champion and you have nothing for her going forward and for a long time she didn't even have anything going on she wasn't on tv that much she wasn't she was losing matches to carmella with that ellsworth guy getting involved just a lot of dumb stuff but I'm glad that she finally got the belt. But now that she has the belt, she hasn't really done anything. She beat Becky Lynch at Royal Rumble, and then she hasn't really done anything since then. So I guess I'm just kind of going off here because I'm a big fan of Oscar. I like to see her used properly. But I feel like it's it's a small it's a small thing that's actually part of a bigger problem, which is that they don't know how to use a lot of their talent, and they get these wrestlers, male and female, from either different uh, places like New Japan or whatever or they're really big at NXT, when they get them up here, they're just not using them correctly. And it just seems like they use people that I don't care about. I, I, I don't want to see John Cena anymore. I mean, I get it. He, if it's once in a while, that's fine, which is kind of what he is already, but I don't want to see him in any title matches. I don't want to see you know any more of that. And they're finally giving Kofi a chance. He's going to have a match at Fastlane against Daniel Bryan, so that should be interesting. I could see... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't see Kofi winning, but... I never thought he'd be in this position either. So 
And it's kind of a kind of a tough thing for Mustafa Ali. He got hurt. He was supposed to be in that match. Kofi took his place. I do kind of wonder, is Kofi essentially doing what they were going to do with Ali? I'm not saying the fast lane match, but I am saying like in the Elimination Chamber, was Ali supposed to be the guy to kind of out, you know, outlived everybody else in a match besides Daniel Bryan? Or was it just for the gauntlet match? Was Ali supposed to really show and prove in that match too? And I don't know if, that, if they just transferred it all to Kofi or Kofi just he just did all that and they had him do all of that and that was not the original plan for Ali I guess we'll never really know but since Ali got hurt I've kind of thought in my head like well is this really what they were gonna do with Ali and now that Ali's hurt they just kind of shifted the storyline over to Kofi because sometimes they're lazy like that they don't change the storyline based on the personnel they just use the personnel and they try to make it fit and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but uh yeah I'm, I'm excited about the uh, Wrestlemania coming up in about a month or so and uh, Becky Lynch, she's not officially in the match yet. It's Charlotte versus Rousey. Becky Lynch is, in quotation marks, is suspended for 60 days, which is supposed to be a couple days after WrestleMania. But you know they're going to find a way to get her in the match. This is all just storyline stuff. And I'm not even talking about the men. I mean, I'm not even interested in the, the men's matches. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I mean, I just hope Seth finally beats this dude. Brock goes away, go to MMA or something, take a take a hike. Get the belt off of this guy. He never he never shows up. He doesn't do anything. He's barely on Raw. He does, what, four or five pay-per-views a year. Really would like to see the belt off of him and not have him around anymore. And then in SmackDown, it looks like it's going to be Brian versus, well, Kofi at Fastlane. We'll see what happens with that. And then for WrestleMania, I, I'm not sure how they're going to handle that. Maybe Kofi and him go again at, at WrestleMania. Who knows? Maybe Kofi wins it here and then loses it at WrestleMania to Brian. That that's kind of a, a nuance that I'm not sure I was expecting and kind of hard to call. And my guy AJ Styles seems like he's out of the title picture currently. He might have a thing with Randy Orton possibly, or I would love to see him and Ricochet go at it. I know that's uh, there's no titles on the line, but Ricochet made his debut on Monday and he also was on Tuesday night as well, and he looked awesome. And I would love to see him and AJ go at it in a match at WrestleMania. And they don't have to have a title on the line. Just seeing these two guys flying around and doing their thing for a good 10 minutes would definitely be worth watching. So I'm all for that. I, Like I said, I'd love for AJ to be in a title picture, but I would like to see him in a match that's worthy. And, you know, since last year, the Shinsuke match, I don't want to say it fell flat, but it didn't live up to the hype that I think a lot of us expected. And their feud, their rivalry didn't really live up to it either. But they had some decent matches, but it just wasn't what we all thought it would be. But I would love to see AJ... Uh, and Ricochet going at it. I don't know how you work that because they're both faces at this point, so that would be tough. I don't know how you're going to work the uh, the angle on that, but I'd love to see those two guys go at it. I'm essentially looking forward to seeing uh, what they do with Asuka here. Uh, I'm not happy about the current situation, but they can fix it. If they get her, I would love to see somebody that's not even on the roster fighter, but I guess you could make the argument that doesn't. that's not fair. How, how are you going to pull someone from NXT and make her? Yes, yeah, why not? I would love to see Ember Moon uh, come from Raw and face her. Unfortunately, SmackDown, once you get past Becky, Charlotte, and Asuka, it's a huge drop, and there really isn't anybody else on the women's side that I feel like is worthy of facing Asuka for, at the WrestleMania title match. So, yeah, I would love to see Ember Moon from Raw maybe get a shot at it somehow. I, don't, I guess you'd have to move her to SmackDown, or you'd have to create some sort of rift. So I guess that's probably hard to do at this moment, but they got to do something because Mandy Rose and Asuka is not gonna do it i that unfortunately that sounds like a pre-show match and i can't believe 
that one of the major titles would be a pre-show match. So I hope that's not the case. Um, I don't know. If somebody on SmackDown I'm missing, I don't know who it could be that would face Asuka and make me feel like that was a worthy opponent because she doesn't really have any feuds going on. And I guess you could bring somebody up from NXT, maybe maybe uh, Kari Sane or if not Sane, maybe Bianca Belair. I'm sure there's a couple people at NXT that we would all feel like is a much better matchup than anybody that's on the SmackDown roster or possibly maybe outside of Ember Moon or maybe Nia Jax, I don't know, on the Raw roster that's worthy of getting a title match against Asuka. So I guess this is more of an Asuka rant than it is about wrestling for the most part. But yeah, I'd really like to see her uh, used properly. And also being a big Sasha Banks fan, Glenn, that she's part of the initial tag team champions uh, from the Elimination Chamber. Uh, that That's one of the results from that, her and Bailey, The boss and hug connection, still trying to see if I like that name or not, but glad to see Sasha's getting some uh, some proper usage because she was kind of, I don't know, not I wouldn't say she wasn't getting any time, but she wasn't being used properly either, in my opinion, as a fan watching it every week. So I'm um, looking forward to Raw and SmackDown these next couple days and seeing uh, what they do to build up this fast lane pay-per-view, which usually is kind of a, I, wanna, I don't want to call it a throwaway, but it's definitely not a big pay-per-view that gets you too hyped but there's usually a couple matches that kind of are the precursors for wrestlemania and they really will set things up and we'll see man maybe this kofi thing is real maybe they're really going to let let him get a chance at the title well he is getting a chance but i mean get a chance at actually winning it and holding on to it for at the very least until wrestlemania when maybe it'll just be a transition thing where he loses it back to brian maybe a little hot potato thing here with the title between those two and uh, one, a couple other things I want to do before I wrap up here. Um, here in Chicago, uh, I'm a Cubs fan, but there are a lot of Sox fans that were not happy about Manny Machado signing with the Padres. And I just wanted to put my take on it real quick. As an outsider, someone who's not a big Sox fan, but somebody who's watching, because I'm a big baseball fan, so I follow it anyway. It didn't look like they put everything out there that they could have to get this guy. And when I started thinking about it, it reminded me of when, and bear with me, this parallel, this comparison might be a little far-fetched but i think it the parameters of it are pretty much the same if you really want something or in this case somebody you have to do everything you can to get it for instance i remember on ebay a couple years ago houdini's first album which is called escape i really wanted it and i remember i put in a bid i don't remember the exact amount but just just for the sake of argument here let's say the initial bid was five bucks and for like a good week, I was the only person to bid on. I'm like, good, I got this for $5. All right, I'm going to get this. And then somebody put in a bid in like within the last few hours and upped it to like 6 $7, whatever it was. And I was like, man, I was winning this bid the whole time. Long period of time, I thought it was mine. Now I've got to decide if I really, do I really want this album or do I want to overpay to get it? And that's where I think the socks screwed up here is like, if they did have the highest bid, which at one point it seems like they might have, the Padres are like this other bidder. They came in and said, well, here's all this money. And Machado obviously took it. Now, I don't know if the Sox knew about this and they just didn't pay the extra money or they just said, well, this is all we're offering. And if you're going if they're offering that much and we're just not going to get you then. So the same idea with this Houdini record, I could have just been like, well, I don't want that record that bad because I don't want to spend seven, eight dollars for it. But I was like, no, I really want this record. And some of it was like the competitor in me, like, I really want this record. And I know I'm overpaying for it, but I don't care. I want it, damn it, because I had it for a week and I was already with the mindset that I was going to get it. So I paid like, 
I don't know. I think it went over like three dollars. I think it upped it to like ten bucks. So something I was initially paying only five dollars for, I ended up paying ten dollars for. And of course, I won it and I have it. I'm looking at it right now. I'm holding it just you know just for this whole uh, comparison thing here for reference. So what I what I'm saying that for is like the White Sox really won in Machado. They did put an initial a bid. They put it. They had money sitting on the table for that dude. But eventually, it got to a point where somebody else came with a better offer, and he he took it. Now they needed to come back with something like I did. <laughs> Think of Manny Machado was his Houdini record from the '80s. You really wanted you would have upped the uh, ante, bid more for him, and you would have gotten it. But I don't think they tried hard enough, put in the amount of money it took to get that guy. Now he's gone, and uh, he's on the Padres. And you know what? I've been to San Diego. I went there for three days in 2016 to see a Cubs game. And let me tell you, I'm from Chicago, so I would probably pick Chicago. But if I wasn't from here, I don't know how you don't want to go to San Diego over Chicago. This city's great, but it's cold here. I understand it. Being to San Diego at one time, if I had to pick a city to live in, San Diego's in the top five, maybe top three cities I've been to that I would actually rather live in than here. So I totally get why that dude went there. And $300 million, uh, big up Manny Machado. I was a fan of his on the Orioles. See what he does on the Padres. And before I wrap this up, I want to do this every week when I do a podcast. I want to talk about an album that I'm listening to currently, try to give them a little promotion. And hopefully somebody listening to this would say, oh, you know, I'm going to go seek that out. And go check it out. So last night I went to the Concord Music Hall for the White Bronco Tour, which is Action Bronson, Rock Marciano, and Mayhem Loren. And let me tell you, these three are the three of the best MCs in the game right now. Not a lot of glitter and flash, just lyrics and beats. Nothing flashy, and that's what I like as a hip hop fan. And uh, you know, a lot of times I have to tell people when they when they ask me what I listen to, when I say hip hop, they think I'm talking about the mumble rap stuff or the the nonsense you hear on the radio and it's like no i don't listen to that stuff and then i get painted in this corner this guy who doesn't like new stuff i do like new stuff i just don't like the new stuff that you've heard of i like the new stuff that you have to seek out or you have to know about that's out there and so one of the albums i'm really feeling is uh it's a few years old now but i bought it because of you know going to the show last night because i wanted to see if i could get action to sign it which he did and it's his mr wonderful album i'm thinking it's a i know he's a wrestling fan so i don't know if he's uh Referencing Paul Orndorff, if he is big up, but uh, he he put out that album a few years ago, and it's pretty good. I've been playing. It came with the CD. I buy vinyl. Uh, I DJ, so uh, I bought the vinyl, and I got the CD that came with it. I've been playing it in the car for about a week, trying to get myself acclimated to the album. So when I went to the show, I knew all the songs pretty well, and I tend to do that whenever I go to a concert, whether it's an artist I'm really familiar with or one I'm kind of you know a little bit familiar with, but not so much. I try to listen to a lot of their stuff before I go in there just so I can get reacclimated with the music. So definitely recommend anybody out there, Cop Some Action Bronson and that uh, that Mr. Wonderful album. There's some good songs on there. That Easy Rider one, which is probably one of his biggest songs, he did that one towards the end, and uh, he really uh, brought the house down when he did that record. He did this thing. As soon as he finished, he threw his microphone, and it hit the ceiling. I mean, he threw this thing. Up. He did more than just drop the mic. He tossed it up, hit the ceiling, came crashing down. And I don't know if he's doing like this Triple H thing. Every time he would grab like a bottle of water, he'd drink it and he'd like spit it out and he'd throw the water bottle behind him with like most of the water still in it. I mean, it was crazy what he was doing. Uh, got to meet all three of those dudes afterwards. They all signed uh, my records that I brought. Uh, Rock Marciano, we want to talk about some lyrics. I even told him, I was like, look, man, it seemed like the crowd was a little bit quiet during your set, but that's because everybody's paying attention to what you're saying because the lyrics are like 
unquestioned. It's just everybody's listening to the, the lyrical content. He was he understood what I was saying. He, me and him agreed on that. Like that's that's really how you know you have the the crowd. Like they're feeling it, and they're vibing with you too. But it's like they're on, they're hanging on every word. And I've been to a lot of hip hop shows, and it's very rare unless somebody somebody like Rakim or Karis One. But the difference is everybody knows those songs word for word. You don't always know. You know that some of the newer cats like Rock Marciano. I don't know all of his songs word for word. I know them, but I don't know them like that. So I'm just paying attention. I'm just listening to these jewels he's dropping. And uh, big up to all three of those guys, Mayhem Loren. If you don't know who these uh, three guys are, go check out their music. Uh, it's really good stuff, and they don't they don't mess around. This is not uh, not that mumble rap stuff. This is grown man stuff here. And uh, big up to that show. And then one one last thing I was to say about it is it seemed like. If you don't know what Action Bronson looks like, he's kind of a big dude, big beard, a lot of tattoos, and uh, seems like that's kind of the the look. Because there were quite a few of those those little fat white dudes walking around with beards yesterday. I don't know if that's uh, an homage to their man, uh, Action Bronson, Bam Bam, but that definitely was the first time I've seen a lot of that. But I think that's kind of a trend anyway. There's a lot of fat dudes with beards, and that seems to be like a new thing. So uh, Action Bronson, check his show. Fuck that's delicious. Uh, I think it's on Vice. So once again, go check out that Mr. Wonderful album from Action Bronson. It goes back to about 2015. Pretty good record, man. I'm definitely feeling it. It's playing in the car. He did about four tracks from the uh, the album last night during the show. Go peep that Rock Marciano. He's got plenty of stuff out there, not hard to find. And Mayhem Lorenz got an album with DJ Muggs, which I still need the cop. I'm kind of sleeping on it a little bit, but I have heard it, and it's pretty good. And, you know, all three of these dudes are some of the best in the game. So if you like that real hip-hop, those are the three guys you should be checking out. Uh, one last thing before I get out of here. Uh, I don't have any sponsors because this is the first one. Maybe I'll get sponsors. Maybe I won't. Whoever knows. Not a big deal. But uh, being a wrestling fan, as I said, uh, back in the day, like uh, on Saturday's show, when the superstars are wrestling or wrestling spotlight, they would have Lord Alfred Hayes, a rest in peace, was one of the commentators and guys who do the uh, interviews and such. And he would do, it's pretty funny, you can find him on YouTube, where he would he would read material uh, spots, commercial reads for uh, different brands. So I think what I'm going to do every week until I get some real sponsors, I'm just going to do Lord Alfred Hayes. It's not a good impression, but I'll do my best. Just doing a read. So it would always went something like this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is Lord Alfred Hayes. Get some fruit stripe gum. Chew some gum. Your breath stinks. It smells like a Brixton alleyway. Fruit stripe gum. All right, so that's the that's the first show. Uh, thanks for checking it out. It'll be up on Mixcloud. Uh, I'll try and get this on iTunes as well. The Twitter handle is at Infinite Banter. Go ahead and check that out. And uh, if you want to hit me up, I'm on Twitter, DJ Soundwave 75. That's also the Instagram handle as well. So that's it. That's the first one. It's in the books. I'm happy to get it done. And I'll talk to you guys next week. And like I said, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and I'll look to get a Facebook page up as well. So uh, big up. Infinite Banter Podcast. Thanks for checking me out. See you guys next week.